My name is Rusty Mackey, and you're listening to The Art of Stability. Hey folks, and welcome back to The Art of Stability, where I have conversations with old and new friends to hear how they're navigating the challenges of life while staying grounded to Jesus in the midst of it all. On today's episode, I talk with Scotty Smith, who's been married to Darlene for 50 years. They have two grown children with four grandchildren who all live nearby. Scotty has been in ordained ministry for over 40 years. He planted and pastored Christ Community Church in Franklin, Tennessee for 26 of those years. And for the last nine years, he's been on staff at one of their daughter churches as the teacher in residence. His primary calling now is to encourage leaders and help them go deeper into the gospel. As you will hear, Scotty oozes wisdom and offers to others what he so regularly calls gospel sanity. You will enjoy today's conversation where we talk about finding a spiritual father or mother, befriending our weaknesses, and how the gospel makes us more human. Stay with us and enjoy spiritual fathers and mothers with Scotty Smith. Scotty, one of the things that I have grown to value about you, and uh, it's probably because you've added a lot of value to my life, uh, is just this presence that you have of being uh, really a spiritual father to so many. And I'm curious uh, if that's always been a desire of yours or if there was a progression where the Lord kind of eased you, you know, surprised you with that calling. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Rusty, for your kindness and encouragement. No, I never aspired to be that guy. I am a introvert by nature with extroverted gifts, but uh, some things only come with age, but they don't necessarily come with age because there are old fools running around. <laughs> Having had uh, a father in the faith, I really knew early on that if it would please the Lord, the older I got and the more I would see of the riches of grace, it would be an honor to walk with younger leaders. And so uh, uh, in Providence, that's just kind of how it's gone through stories of brokenness and renewal and refreshment and in uh, the kindness of God to be um, vocationally now positioned uh, to, to be a father friend um, with many. Mm. Well, you're being a father friend is such a gift. And if I'm hearing you correctly, you didn't aspire to it. You have over the years prayed for it. And then also you mentioned having a spiritual father in the faith. faith. Can you speak to your experience there? Yes. Uh, being a child of the 60s, uh, uh, I guess a part of me was already was already wary of real formulated aspects of discipleship. I'm a, rebe- I'm a rebel by choice and sin. And, uh, and yet God dropped into my life when I started seminary at Westminster Seminary in Philadelphia, a man named Jack Miller, who was okay. about three years into his own gospel renewal. And for the next 21 years until he went to heaven, I had the gift of here's what it can mean to be mentored, loved, and fathered in the faith. Mm, 21 years. That's incredible. Uh, I do think of the current landscape. I think of a lot of the pastors that I've walked with, and there is this father hunger. You know, there is this desire for a spiritual father in the faith. Uh, I'm just curious, as one who's experienced both ends 
of that. And, you know, thinking of folks listening, uh, maybe men, maybe some women as well who want a mother in the faith, right? Uh, how would you counsel someone in the process of finding a father or a mother in the faith? Because that desire compared to the tension of the reality of it coming true can be pretty frustrating for yeah. folks. Well, well said. I think be careful to know what you're actually looking for. And if some of us have this idolized view of uh, some spiritual Yoda that's just going to have all the answers or have their life together. Um, I would say start with, again, identifying what you want by what you believe the gospel would make of your heart if you were freer, if you were healthier. And chances are there are some people already uh, in one's life that can become those who offer that aspect of yeah. reparenting of the gospel. So, I mean, it's, there's a broad continuum about what it means to be spiritually parented and mothered and fathered for sure. Mm, so know what you want. Also uh, keep an eye out for those in your life, which, you know, I, I think that resonates with me. There can be a tendency that when we say we want a father or a mother in the faith, we have a specific person in mind. And we're trying to push our agenda of getting that person to be our spiritual father and mother, which is a great way to start any relationship, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, one other thing along that line, Rusty, not, not to assume that it's going to look like uh, somebody I meet with every single week, i.e. someone that wants to be, be with me. I mean, there are different ways uh, those who are walking in front of us, uh, we can access them. Uh, uh, a mutual friend, uh, Joe Novenson, of course, he talks about being uh, spiritually parented by people that have been in heaven for centuries. So oh, wow, yeah. Joe has a love of really learning to read biographies, really learning how God gives us a record of many who we will perhaps only meet in heaven. And, and yet mm -hmm. there, there can be some connections now, obviously. Uh, we do want to have those that we can touch flesh with. And that's a good thing. And, uh, pray for it, desire it, look for who's there. Don't over idolize what it will mean for you to have that person. Yeah, that's so good. And as you're sharing that idea from, uh, from Joe Novison and this, you know, uh, many parents in the faith from the past, it just, it makes me think within the body of Christ uh, we do have, I think it's easy for us to see, we have many brothers and sisters, but perhaps when we think of a spiritual father or spiritual mother, we think of, I need one spiritual father or mother. When maybe what I'm hearing you say is the reality is that it's best if we actually have many fathers in the faith. Am I understanding you correctly there? Yeah, yeah you are. And I, I think that patterns in scripture, you know, I think in the book of Hebrews, the, the image of consider those that have gone before us, right? Well, mm. some of those are already there, um, but there's also those who are going to parent us in different ways. Uh, we who are involved in vocational ministry is certainly helpful to have someone or some ones that understand the dynamics and the challenges. But uh, I've been impacted by people who aren't just in vocational ministry that have increased my hunger for Jesus and have made it easier to repent and really to walk through uh, brokenness and uh, to be freer from my shame. Well, man, what a powerful image. And 
again, you mentioning the expectations, the idolization, it would, it would seem to me that if we broaden the, the amount of spiritual fathers and mothers that we had, that it, it could do nothing but help us to not idolize folks. Um, Well, thank you again for how you've been that to so many. And uh, as we're Getting more into this conversation today, you mentioned others helping you overcome moments of shame, repent more quickly. Um, and, you know, life is challenging and we have a lot that we endure and that is our own doing and the doing of this world. I would love to hear a story from you of a time where you experienced some challenges and just how you navigated that season. Wow. Well, I've had many. So, um, you know, I, I, I have a Fortunately, a catalog to choose from, but uh, a couple of that come to mind, one in particular in terms of when was I, by God's timing and providence, brought to a place of vulnerability so that I, I needed the gospel as much as I was committed to communicate the gospel. And I would say that was a significant time in transition of ministry here in Franklin at Christ Community Church. Uh, the joy of planning a church here uh, in 1986. And uh, God just sovereignly decided to drop a gospel bomb on Franklin, Tennessee, and we got to be the collateral damage. And that church grew from uh, five, six couples to 4,000 people in seven years. Well, never once did I think, look what I have done. I always was humbled and overwhelmed, but also naive about the fact that this, this, 10 or 11 year gospel renewal, which is going to be this never ending, you know, joy of people loving each other well, et cetera. And sure mm-hmm. enough, you stay in any church, any company, any marriage, any family long enough, you will be disappointed and disappointing. And there was a season when I uh, really, uh, through busyness, muchness, manyness, through doing things for Jesus and not being aware that I wasn't spending time with Jesus, I hit the wall, I hit burnout. And, you know, when you uh, when you come to a point where you cannot jumpstart the way you've always done life, uh, hopefully you will cry uh, uncle that you might cry Abba. And I think for me, uh, Rusty, to be that empty, that sad, that fearful, it put me in a position where I needed to depend upon people that wanted to friend me and love me more than I'd ever had let them in. So. Uh, I would say that's that's a significant time that was the beginning of uh, a new way of growth and learning about spirituality and leadership uh, that has led to a lot of things. It's beautiful to hear not only the moment of instability, but how the Lord, as he began to disorient you, he then reoriented you later. And, you know, you said it's the beginning of a season and the other piece there, Scotty, that I just would love to ask you about, you know, you've, you mentioned the finding yourself in a moment of being disappointed with others and disappointing others. Yes. Uh, and I, I remember from a conversation that we had once where you pointed out uh, Jesus and John 11, you know, that he was willing to disappoint others. And uh, you said something to me to the extent of, you know, that that's going to be the place of, of the most uh, sanctification in your own life is where Jack, are you willing to disappoint others? Could you, you speak to that? Well, yeah, Jack Miller, again, so much of my best wisdom was born out of 
his loving and caring for me out of his own weakness, out of his own seasons of transition and loss. And yeah, Jack said, a mark of grace will be seen in terms of who are you willing to disappoint. And I think uh, uh, all of us, uh, even involved in ministry as well, ha- have an instinctive approval suck. You know, we, we want to serve people, but that can morph into wanting to keep people happy. And you cannot love well if you're not willing to disappoint. You cannot love well if you're not willing um, to um, be on the other end of that. And I think for me, you know, it just was, again, a, a gift of God's grace to let me see where I was not, I was transparent, but not vulnerable. And that's a big part, I think, of, a, of learning stability, of really learning an identity that's grounded in the gospel you can, you can be in front of people and walk with people and know the technique of transparency, but vulnerability is to be at a point where you feel appropriate feelings like sadness and loss and, and, and where we go then, like when I hit burnout at age 50, that was the beginning of realizing I need medical care, I need counseling, I need to stop this Lone Ranger thing and really uh, listen more than I explain. And so there was a, was and continues to be, Russ, a multi-layer level of becoming healthier. And that continues. I'm not, I'm not over that. See, that's, that's the good news. You know, I accept that vulnerability and growth and humility uh, is a part of the healthy Christian life, not yes. burned out spirituality. You're healthy as you are groaning and growing in grace. Mm. Mm. Okay. So I have a question there. You know, you've got this dynamic that is so prevalent in the gospel, you know, in my weakness, you are strong. Uh, The way up is down. So I I hear you describing that uh, on the one hand. Um, and, And you even said like, you know, that season hasn't ended. It's still going, but talk to me about, you know, does the fragility, the feelings of instability at this point in your life, does that change? And the reason I ask is because, you know, I think of a lot of folks who are younger and maybe they're experiencing uh, some instability, some fragility for the first time. And you can almost get into this mindset of hopelessness of I'm never going to feel stable again. Like my mental space is so chaotic or so overwhelming. So can you talk to me about the tension between, yes, we continue to grow in strength by growing in weakness, but also what happens in that journey with the feeling of fragility and overwhelm? Well, I think uh, I can certainly speak for me and others I'm walking with now. A part of that's involved in learning to listen to our feelings. In other words, Mm -hmm. Uh, feelings like anger, anxiety, and fear, uh, they are emotions to honor and to listen to. Um, what am I afraid of? I feel fear. What's that fear connected to? I feel angry. What, what is that connected to? And I think, um, Russ, for me, that involved being involved in good counseling to come to understand what are some false narratives? What are some lies I believed that, that they, they need to be reshaped by the gospel. I'm, I'm still gonna, uh, you know, uh, I'm, we would be naive to think that anger, anxiety, and fear just go away or that they're yeah. the real issue. 
But I think the center, you know, uh, Simon and Garfunkel had an old song. What was it? Hello, darkness, my old friend. Well, I think we need to sing, hello, weakness, my old friend. And you actually are more of a friend than an enemy. I'm, I'm not trying to get over weak, and I don't want to confuse weak with feeling like I suck all the time. Yeah. So uh, weakness is more the place of self-awareness. It's what our culture calls emotional intelligence. You, yeah. you're, you're, you're aware, but you know what to do with the triggers. You, you, you know what it means. Well, even I was thinking this morning about our visit, and a passage came to mind, Russ, that I think uh, uh, we need to reflect on. You, you remember when Jesus sent out the 72, I think like it's like in Luke 10 or 11, somewhere around there. Here's what he said. I'm sending you out among wolves. OK, mm. now I rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So there's like, wow, wow. OK. How beautiful that Jesus says, this is going to be difficult. You're going to have wolves and they they have teeth, not just gums, not old wolves. Right. Uh, and, and, and you're going to see me do stuff through you. But rejoice above all things. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So I would say that there's something about staying alive to the gospel, the, the, the reality of I am fully known, fully loved that doesn't replace or mute all the painful things, but it keeps it in context, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, I'm more than this moment. Uh, we're going somewhere in this journey. So that's been important for me to learn and relearn. I think that is really important. And as I heard you describe that, it just made me think how easy it is when we're confronted with our interior world. Uh, we can so often try to either deny what's going on or we despair in it. So we kind of fall in or we run away. And we also can kind of Christianize that. We can make it like, you know, like, oh, I'm doing this with Jesus or the gospel says that I shouldn't be feeling these things. But what I hear you saying is, no, the gospel actually equips us to hold those inner realities in the presence of Jesus. Say, Lord, I don't, I don't know what to do. But would, would yeah. you do what yeah. you need to do? Forgive me for interrupting you. I'm just over here yeah. amening you. But, you know, sometimes the gospel is not going to say, get your Bible out and read. Sometimes the gospel is going to say, take a nap. See, yeah. we are, uh, gospel doesn't make us less human, but more human. And we, when we mm. get into cycles, I think of a burnout, fragility, or a lot of the complexities involved and, and really, really wondering, can I do this any longer? I feel overwhelmed. Uh, sometimes we need to know uh, that, 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 or again, there are independent reasons why I am feeling so absolutely uh, awry. And uh, for me, uh, it started with realizing at one stretch, I was only sleeping three hours a night. And I used to think Ooh. that was spiritual because it get a lot more done, but I was actually depressed. Russ and I needed uh, I needed some care. I needed some sleep, and that's uh, naps. Power naps can be a spiritual discipline. Mm. Say it again, brother. Say it for those in the back. That's good. Uh, you know, I love that imagery of the gospel doesn't make us less human; it makes us more human. And I think one area where we can absolutely uh, dehumanize ourselves, as strange as it sounds is in the area of spiritual disciplines, uh, the reading of God's word, prayer. Uh, can you speak to us about uh, what your rhythms are looking like right now in this season? Maybe even speak to the particulars of 
uh, where is Jesus just sweet to you right now? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, I think an ongoing uh, aspect of becoming healthier, of learning to be more present and obsessing less about being impressive is is really seeing, making sure we see the spiritual disciplines as a means of grace, not a means of piety, not a means of, of easing my conscience because I'm a couch potato. And so uh, for me, and again, I learned this a lot from Jack Miller, walking with him, uh, learn, learning the importance of diversity in different ways of participating in what God says uh, is is being renewed. You know, I'm being renewed. His creation's being renewed. So I, I have taken my body a lot more outside now, Russ. And uh, we mentioned this even earlier in our visit. Uh, I, my, my knees won't let me run anymore. Darlene, my wife won't let me bike anymore because too many of our friends crashed. So I walk a lot and I physically walk. And that has done more to slow me down. I'm thinking about, okay, you got to get your heart rate up to this thing. You got to fit into that pair of pants. It's like slowing my heart down and, uh, and, and pondering, looking, listening. And so uh, um, um, I'm, I'm just wired early. So I early am an early morning person, but, but my wife's a late night person. So there's no, you know, I think just really in different seasons, diversity, uh, uh, the Lord is becoming freshly sweet to me just by mm-hmm. being more intentional for looking for Jesus in Scripture. Uh, uh, in fact, yesterday I just started doing a uh, a search on, I asked Siri to start playing for me hymns by Bernard of Clairvaux. Mm-hmm. Because what occurred to me was uh, when I am when I am singing about Jesus but not singing to Jesus, it's mm-hmm. just not the same. And so Bernardo Clairvaux was just wrote these remarkable songs that distressed the beauty of the Lord. So, uh, so you know, I'm I'm doing different things musically, aesthetically, going outside, uh, and it's, it's you know, I'm, I, but I don't have this four chapter a day spirituality that says you know unless I can click it off like this, I'm not there. So uh, it's, yeah. it's it's diverse. It's just like a a buffet. The spiritual disciplines rather than simply this marine boot camp orientation. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, and even in that diversity, I do hear some themes, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, from the walks to the, you know, listening to hymns, to the searching for Jesus in scripture, I'm hearing this theme of slowing down. I'm hearing this theme of paying attention and I'm also hearing this theme of looking for beauty. Yes, 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 yes. Would, would you agree that that's kind of become the tempo of your heart yes. these days? And yes. if so, um, speak for us to this reality that most of us hate that tempo. <laughs> well, no, we, we do. And, and so here's what's been helpful to me. Um, you know, as I as I looked at the various uh, means of grace and people of grace the Lord has used, I have a lot of friends that are being more drawn now towards uh, uh, walking with a spiritual director, uh, someone mm-hmm. like myself, who whose goal is not the same as simply uh, a clinical therapist. And and there's mm-hmm. we need all kind of modalities, but yes, once somewhere with this, what I've realized is that. Um, 
uh, in the discipline and the calling of spiritual directorship, we are given the gift or a vision of centering, of slowing down. And what that's done for me is to highlight three aspects of Jesus, three aspects of scripture, three aspects of, uh, of creation, truth, goodness, and beauty. A lot of times for we followers of Jesus who, um, who love the truth and we should, we, we only begin to develop one part of our being, the cognitive, you know, yeah. how, how we think, how we categorize. And, 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 and Jesus, absolutely, he is truth. He, he yes. is truth. And he's good, you know, to know him is to find satisfaction. This season of life, and it, it's not its not like Neapolitan ice cream, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. I'm into, you know, the third one now. I think, I think to see Jesus is beautiful, you know, what King David meant in Psalm 27. If I could have one thing to be in the temple to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Well, that, that's a category a lot of us don't think of. We... Uh, we have sold out the aesthetic of our soul to mm-hmm. things that the culture says, isn't she beautiful? And that gets that gets objectified to something, right? Yeah. And really the deepest longing in our heart is to see the beauty of God. And you can't behold beauty without slowing down and pondering mm-hmm. and gazing. So absolutely good, true, and beautiful. I'm wanting to see more beauty in Jesus and in creation as a reflection of the God who made it. Mm, I love that, Scotty. And I, I know in my life, as I slow down, still very much in process, I feel like such a beginner, but as I slow down and I do get those moments of seeing the beauty of the Lord, it informs his goodness and it informs the truth yes. and it, yes. it deepens them. Mm-hmm. Um, it deepens them. So if someone's listening and they see this and then this need in themselves and they're like, man, I'm addicted to movement. I'm addicted to noise. The moment I slow down, I don't see the beauty of the Lord. I hear a thousand to do's in my head, or I'm scared, you know, I'm terrified of silence. Uh, what would be some first steps that you would counsel that person into being able to trust Jesus in that slowed down space. Well, uh, here's where here's where uh, for some of us we we need we need uh, those called to shaping, gifting, training in this discipline. Like yourself, Russ. Sometimes we need just someone that would say, "You don't have to be afraid. I'll, I'll walk with mm-hmm. you into this." Uh, I think it also goes back to the first question of. Uh, who are my mentors? And and if I'm looking at the big platform person there, you know, I really wish I could organize like that person, whatever else I would say, rethink in this season, what, what, what is your, what is your anxiety? What do your fears? What does your anger really say? Hmm. You, you really are lacking. And I do think it's going to be more that center, that, 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 um, that um, ability to listen. So, so none of us just by nature jump into that. Uh, we're led yep. into it. I think walking with friends that really want to live more that way that can reinforce it. So there are many ways in, but they are all just like that old classic movie. What about Bob? They are all baby steps. That's so, right. So don't That's despise right. baby steps. Yeah. Don't despise baby steps. Baby steps taken in community. Uh, that's really, really beautiful. Let me ask you this. 
if you were to describe your experience of Jesus, like what is Jesus like right now? I want to say in a word that might be too hard. So I'll let you cheat and give me a couple words if you want. But if you were just to describe your, your experience of Jesus, how would you describe that right now at this point in your life? Yeah. Uh, immediate words that come to mind, uh, kind, um, welcoming, surprisingly the word quiet. And I, let me give you a, a backdrop because I think some of us think of Jesus well, he's the guy that always was having you sit down so he could talk to you. And, uh, and, and you know, if our image is, I just need a good talk from Jesus. Oh, if I could only download Luke 24 when Jesus explained the whole Bible, you know. <laughs> but, you know, Jesus is a, isn't in a hurry about anything. That always confused his own disciples. Lord, you know, there's needs here. Well, I'm going to go be with my father. Uh, I think what I'm learning is, to be in his presence is to find his welcoming presence that he's not just going to tell me to do something. So he's, he's kind, he's welcoming. You know, I think a lot of what comes to mind is some of the great images that uh, C.S. Lewis captured in the character of Aslan. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, when I think of Jesus, he, he's always there, but I can't always rub my face in his fur. But, mm-hmm. but, but uh, so I'm just, I'm, I'm certain of a presence that I know to be kind and welcoming more than ever. And that is good to me, Russ. It's a very good, it's a very good. And I think it ties back to what we started this conversation with as well, in that God has given you this opportunity to be a spiritual father uh, to a lot of folks. And I mean, I, I just think we experience that kind of presence in you. And isn't that what the Lord does? You know, he'll, he empowers us to enjoy who he is, you know, this quiet, kind, welcoming presence. Uh, and then we get to be something of that in a very flawed way, but also in a very incarnational and beautiful way. So thank you for your ministry to so many. Thank you so much for joining me for this conversation today. Uh, it has been a real joy. Well, let me and let me say this to you in that I, I presume upon the uh, the shortened version of your name, Rust or Rusty, just because I love you and walk with you. So uh, just just know that that has even marked uh, the years that I've had to walk with you and know you, Rusty, in ways that just really draw my heart to your journey and where you are. And it's a it's an honor to continue our friendship and to help those who uh, listen in to this uh, conversation today. Thank you for joining us today for the Art of Stability. Be sure to check out the show notes to get connected with Scotty on Twitter. Scotty also writes regularly over at the Gospel Coalition, sharing encouraging prayers with us. And Scotty asked me if we would pray for him in a book project that he's dreaming up that will be the collected wisdom of his spiritual father, Jack Miller. Let's pray that book into existence. The Art of Stability is a production of Steadfast Ministries. There I offer spiritual direction, sabbatical coaching, and workshops which all help you stay grounded in Christ to go the distance in life and work. For these and other free resources to help you grow in emotional and spiritual health, be sure to check out Steadfast Ministries' website at steadfastmen.com. That's steadfastmin.com. 
The Artist Ability cover art was created by Brian Bim, music created and performed by Rob Main, and the music was recorded and produced by the Asterisk Company. I hope you've been enjoying these episodes and that they've been helping you grow in your love for Jesus. If you would, please write us a positive review and share this episode so that others can join us next time for the art of stability.